And it is my joy to tell you that in Grace Assembly, there's never, ever a famine of the Word of God. Today, a banquet, a feast is going to be served to you. And that feast is going to be set on the table of Psalm 16, verse 8 to 10. I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible. This is something special. Psalm 16, verses 8 to 10. I'm going to read from the Message Bible. Why don't you read along with me? One, two, three, go. Day and night, I will stick with God. I've got a good thing going and I am not letting go. Verse 9 says, I am happy from the inside out and from the outside in. Why? You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Will somebody shout hallelujah? <laughs> Day and night. I realize I have to stick with God. Why? Because I know I've got a good thing going and I'm not letting go. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in. We saw a demonstration on Sunday because we're reminded that we're candidates for eternal damnation. For we were saved when we were still enemies of the cross by the mercy of Christ. And the ticket was written in our name. All we had to do was accept it. He canceled our one-way ticket to hell. When you get to hell, there's no coming out of it. That's no longer our destination. You know where our destination is? To live and to reign with Christ of all of eternity. What are your hands doing? You need to, you need to know that this life is short. Glory to God. The psalmist says, I am not, I've got a good thing going, I'm not letting go. And so this short exhortation, which will lead us to our interaction, is titled, We've got, you've got a good thing going on, don't let go. You've got a good thing going on, don't let go. Help me point to two people and tell them, trust me, you've got a good thing going on. Don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. Tell somebody the devil is a liar. Your situation is a liar. You still got a good thing going on. Hold fast to the Lord. Don't let go. Amen. Now, the one that I really like is you turn around and tell somebody the devil is a liar. You've got a good thing going on. Hold fast to his promise of a happy outcome. Hold fast to his promise of a happy outcome. Tell that person, don't let go. The trick of the enemy is he will, if he can't stop you receiving the word of God, if he can't stop you hearing the promise of God, a prophetic word upon your life, and you, it resonates with your soul and your spirit, and you're excited for a, a, a bit, and he waits a little while, and then he begins to throw things your way to challenge the, the possibility of that or the, or the probability of that thing happening, and if you're not careful, you stop holding on. That's why we need to come to church and say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. When you receive a word of God, and it's also amazing that it's just when you leave church, some things begin to happen. Some text message comes to your phone, your email, and some harassment. And all of a sudden, you're not quite the same person anymore. So your expectation drops. And I told you last week that... That your expectation level uh, uh, reveals your faith level. You cannot expect more than you believe. And, and so when that happens, you stop holding fast. The enemy can't make you drop it suddenly, but you find that you're not holding tenaciously anymore to the word of God. You're handling the word of God lightly. And that does not work. So help me tell somebody the devil is a liar. Help me tell somebody the devil is a liar. Your situation is a liar. You've got a good thing going. Hold fast to the promise of God for a happy outcome. Help me tell the person. Encourage the person. Don't let go. The Bible says tell those who are doing what is right that they will receive a reward for what they do. The English, common English Bible says tell the righteous how blessed they are for they will eat the fruit of their labors. When you believe your faith will produce a harvest if you stay tenaciously 
on the word of God. The Message Bible, Isaiah 3 verse 10 says, Reassure the righteous that their good living will pay off. Reassure the righteous that the way you're going about your thing with God, you're holding on, it's going to pay off. I wish somebody say amen to that. It's going to pay off. The word reassure is very important. It, it, it talks about a situation where somebody was sure. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're not holding on so much more anymore. Or in a, in a situation where the expectation begins to drop. And the Lord sends us to come to church expecting that the believers will do what the word of God says. Say to the righteous. Another translation tell the righteous. The message Bible says reassure the righteous that their good living in the sight of God is going to pay off. Pay off how happy outcomes socially be in Jesus' mighty name. Help me touch somebody say be reassured. The word of God is insured. It's going to come to pass for you and for me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to consider what will make the, the psalmist in the message Bible says, day and night I will stick with God. I've got a good thing going. I am not letting go. Why would anybody say I am not letting go? Does that not show that something was going on? Hello there. I said hello there. Does that not show us that something was going on that provoked the psalmist to voice out, to counter what was going on day and night? How do you speak to yourself like that? Day and night. He wasn't really speaking to anybody. I, will, I am going to stick with God. I've got a good thing going on and I am not letting go. I want an answer. Does that not tell you that something must have been going on for him to be speaking to himself and voicing it. He's not thinking about it. He's saying it out. If you don't say the word of God out in a situation that's threatening your faith and making it look like God is not faithful, it's not going to happen, let me tell you, you may not win that battle. There's nothing like silent faith. faith whatever you believe, you're going to speak it. You're going to say it out. Day and night. Day talks about when it is bright. Night talks about when things are dark and gloomy. Day and night. Come on now. I will stick with God. The word stick means you hold it. The wind is trying to blow you away. You hold it. The gust of wind is, is a no way. I'm not letting go. I'm holding on. Question is, how many of us are sticking with God? He didn't say, I'm shaking, I'm sticking. When you stick to somebody, you hold on for dear life. Faith in God is not a stroll in the park. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's for people who are winners in the making. You get a hold of the Lord, you stick with the Lord. The word stick means that you have an option. This word stick connotes that some things want you to go with option B. Just do something else. I'm going to show you from the word of God. This, I love this version. I read it from beginning, from verse 8 to 10. Day and night, I will stick with God. I've got a good thing going. And so, I am not letting go. That idea, that thought, that, that, that persuasion, that irritation going on, I'm not going to succumb to that. I am not letting go. Too many people have let go just before the miracle shows up. It says, I am happy from the inside out and from the outside in because you have canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Failure is not your destination. Can I hear an amen? Frustration is not your destination. Struggling is not your destination. Shame and disgrace is not our destination. Jesus has paid the price. But between where we're at and that reality happening, we've got to stick with God. Can somebody help me? What does it mean to stick? In your own language, in your own view, when I say I'm going to stick to something, what does it talk about? Is it something I do willy-nilly? 
Is it just something I do? How do you stick to something? What does it take? It is an interactive Bible study. What does it take? If you have a friendship, you want to stick with your friendship, what does it mean? If you're married to somebody, you want to stick to the person, what does it mean? If you have a profession, what does it mean to stick with it? I want to, where's the microphone? Yes, give her the microphone. If they don't give you a microphone, speak, I will echo it for you. Ain't nobody going to shut your voice down today. The devil is a liar by sticking with God here. Day and night, I will stick. It takes a committed heart to a resolute heart, which means somebody... Can I speak street, a little street, I no go agree, go, I no go go, which means you can beat me, you can, I no go go. Eh? I will gum body with Jesus. Hey, can you clap for that person? We're gumming body with Jesus. I like that one, I like that one. So street is not so bad. Anybody else, what does it take to stick? Do you like people that don't stick to good things? Do you enjoy people that don't stick? People that don't stick, you can't trust them. You can't invest in them. Jesus invested his life in us. He expects us to stick with him. Yes, sir. Are you people really on duty today? Because you're not sticking with me the way these microphones are not working. Yeah, good evening. Otaku. I, I know that word. Uh, no, nobody here understands you, but I, I, I can't even describe otaku, but I, I hear you. That's revelation there. What are your hands doing? You need to sell that. Until you bless me, I will not let you go. Oh my God, that's that's a good answer there. Thank you, Ambassador. When the psalmist says, day and night, I will stick with God. Otaku. <laughs> Until the word of God comes to pass, I'm not letting go of my revelation. I want to plead with you, if you were letting go of the revelation, the prophecy of life, don't do that. Pick it up again. It requires you sticking with it till it comes to pass. And the only way you can stick with God is when you're reminded that you have a good thing going on. You are not even the power behind what is happening. The power is the resurrection power. All you have to do is show up and insist on the word of God and it will come to pass. And so shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what the psalmist said in... The Common English Bible, Psalm 16, I'm going to read verses 8 to 9a. It says, I always put the Lord in front of me. If you are going to stick with the promise of God, there has to be somebody you're looking at. There has to be something to motivate you, to galvanize you into action. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, verses 8 to 9a, the Common English Bible, I always put the Lord in front of me. Did he say, I on Sundays put the Lord in front of me so I don't understand Sunday Sunday Christian the battle is every day so you need to put the Lord always in front of you the psalmist says I always put the Lord in front of me I will not stumble because he's on my right side he didn't say he's on my good side on my right side verse 9 says that's why my heart celebrates and my mood is joyous. It is impossible to stick with God if you don't put God before you. It is impossible for your joy of salvation not to become the, 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 the frown of salvation if you don't put the Lord before you. There are lots of things pushing themselves in front of you. Your bills will push themselves in front of you. Your enemies will push themselves. So as long as you see them, your smile is gone. 
the psalmist says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because that is the doorway to your victory. Once you lose your joy, the devil has won the battle. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness is tied to a breakthrough. It has tied to a toy. Joy is a choice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I don't have it, I'm weak. I wish we'd preach it like that. The Christianity of feelings is not the Christianity of winners. It's the Christianity of choice that is the Christianity that will make you a winner. As long as your emotions rule you, you are small fry in the hands of Satan. He knows how to, what to do to mess with your feelings. You've got to set the Lord always before you. What is he saying? What does the word of God say? It doesn't matter how I feel. It says, let the weak say what? I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. I always put the Lord in front of me. I will not stumble because of my eyesight. That's why my heart, that's why my heart celebrates. And my mood is joyous. I want to tell you something. Of all the people dancing on Sunday, not everybody had a testimony yet. What does I say? They don't have it yet. What does that mean? They're going to have it soon. Somebody that's for you. You don't have it yet. You're going to have it soon. The moment your heart celebrates not the event that was promised that celebrates the person who gave you the word that you um, I believe that you keep your word listen that celebration is going to lead to another celebration that everybody else will be able to partake on but if you didn't get this one right they won't come for that one if you don't celebrate the Lord by yourself when nobody's around, you may not have the celebration where all your friends and enemies come to eat your rice and dance at your party and so on. So this battle is not about feelings. It's about decisions. I always put the Lord in front of me. I will not stumble because he's on my right side. The winning side. That's why my heart celebrates and my mood is joyous. And so, when that happens, you will be able to look at people and project what you are and say to the righteous, It shall be well with you. Not everybody can say that. You can't say that to me when you are not putting the Lord before you. You're going to be so consumed by your own challenges. You can't, you can't be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. Your words have life and death. So you can't speak life to me when you're dead yourself. It says in some, um, Isaiah 3 verse 10, Say to the righteous. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. When you come to church, you, sh you shut your mouth, you're frowning, you are being disobedient to this command. Say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. Which means along the way, somehow, somehow, it's going to come to pass. It's going to be happy outcomes. Uh, the New Century Version says, tell those who do what is right that things will go well for them. Tell them. That is a bit more emphatic. For me to say something is different for me to tell you. When I tell you, I make you hear me. When I say it, you can walk past. When I want to tell you, I'm going to stand in your face and tell you. You are not what you're going through. That's the devil is a liar. You are a winner in the making. The common English Bible says, tell the righteous how blessed they are. It didn't say how much blessing they have in their pocket. How blessed they really are. Which is now going to manifest in every direction. What are you telling me the way you're looking at me? What, what are you telling me the way you relate to me? Are you telling me that Jesus is Lord? Are you telling me my problems is Lord? The Message Bible says, reassure the righteous that their good living will pay off. You know what a payoff is? The check. 
that all the work you're doing, you're going to get a check. And the person writing the check is your father. So all the zeros will be there. Somebody say, I receive that in Jesus' name. All the zeros will be there. You can trust God that he won't, he won't miss one zero. If He may even add one or two more zeros. Praise God. So help me tell someone around you that the devil is a liar. You've got a good thing going on. And hold fast to the Lord. Don't let go. It's, it's sad that it's when everything happens that even Christians show up. Even unbelievers will show up when your testimony is here. You are not being a kingdom person when you show up with every Tom, Dick, and Harry when everything is said. When you need to show up is to provoke that thing to happen. What you say will determine how fast it will happen. You know, don't be a journalist. You know what journalists do? They announce what has happened. Believers should announce what is about to happen. That's a good place to clap. Bible says, for we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. If you have it, say it. It is the way you speak that will make me pay attention to you. If you speak like a fool, Job said this, right? You speak like the foolish men. I don't listen to such people. I want someone to speak with the mind of Christ. The Bible says the mighty angels of God that, that, that go into action at the voicing of the word of God. Once you voice what God says, angels move. So I wonder when you come to church, nobody says everything is going to be well with you. I wonder when somebody will say, be reassured that you are not what you're going through. Be reassured that what God said and promised you for happy outcomes is going to happen. I like the word reassure. That even if you're sure before, let me add a little bit to it. So that when you're stepping out of church, you, you have a little, a little skip to your step. You know, you can't encounter me and leave the way you met me. You're supposed to be the light of the world. You're supposed to be the salt of the earth. When people encounter you, it should be an experience that makes them better. Because light, salt, always have an effect. Praise God. Tell someone around you the devil is a liar. Tell you the person your situation is lying. You've got a good thing going. That's the scripture today. The psalmist says, day and night I will stick with God. I've got a good thing going. I am not letting go. Do you know what? Every time you let go, can I tell you that God is not really going to do anything. God has done everything. God really doesn't do anything. Because before things started, God finished it. Now, if you let go, what means what God had sent to you will go into archives. When we get to heaven, there will be mountains and mountains of uh, warehouses. Everything God sent that some people let go is just stored there. And then you come, you come to heaven thinking you have a case. God says you don't have a case. Your husband is there. Your child is there. Your house is there. You let go. I want to ask today, what are you letting go of? The psalmist says day and night. Day is when it's happening. Night is when it's gloomy. I will hold on. Why are you letting go? Is it something that happened? Is it something somebody said? For you to let go, you're hearing something. You're responding to something. And that's why church should be a place where we hear the word of God and it reorganizes our brain. It organizes our attitude so that the person I was letting go before just snatched the thing and said, no, 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 Satan, you're not having this song. I'm not letting go anymore. I know I'm prophesying about somebody online. You're not letting go anymore. You hold on to the word of God. God is going to bring it to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, reassure the righteous. So today, the subject I'm speaking about to you is you've got a good thing going. 
I know you're second guessing yourself. If I had a good thing going, why am I still here? That is a matter of time. And sometimes we're the reason why some things delay because when you're letting go, you're empowering the enemy. There are some things you will do to speed up your own blessings, what you say. You can do whatever you want, but you cannot stop me from saying what I believe. No, no, you can't stop me from saying what I believe. You can do whatever I, I will say what I believe. You don't even have to agree. But what happens that if I'm speaking the word that God gave me, you are going to be embarrassed somewhere down the line. You've got a good thing going. Don't let go. Don't help me tell somebody, please don't let go. Now my concern now moves to Romans 1 verse 28. That's where the, my concern is. The Bible says, no, let's start from the New King James. The New King James says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. If you don't retain God in your knowledge, you're going to let go. The word retain is deliberate. It's not, it's not something that attaches to you. It's a decision. They did not retain God in their knowledge. The knowledge is talking about in their mind. What is going on in your mind? They, the social media is selling stuff to you. It's filling your mind. But the Bible says we ought to have the mind of Christ. The Bible says renew your mind by the word of God. Because what is in your mind will form your thoughts. Your thoughts will shape your words. Your words will shape your experience. And your experience may mean that you miss destiny. And all the time you want to blame God, God was never to blame. Did you retain God in your knowledge? Did you retain the word of God? Did you retain the promise of God? Did you retain the prophecy of God in your mind? We want to look at the word retain. I want to ask a question. How can you retain what you did not have? Can you retain what you did not have? So everyone here that has a promise from God, everyone that hears, has a word from God, you already have it. The question is, are you retaining it? The psalmist says, I have set the Lord before me. You know, there's a Lord physical and there's the Lord that is the word. When you say, I set the Lord before me, I put the Lord always before me, you could be talking also about the word or the promise of God. It says, write it on your doorpost. Put it there so that you see it every day. Because you're going to face that battle. What do you really still believe? I said to you, the level of your expectation reveals the level of your faith. Elijah said he heard from the Holy Spirit the sound of the abundance of rain. And he went to check. First time, nothing. But he didn't let go. It, which means I have a good thing going, but I won't let go. Second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. If, if anybody saw me doing something five, six times, you probably accuse me today that I don't have God. Elijah did it five, six, the seventh time he got the result. You can't judge by how many times someone tries. No, 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 you can't judge by that. It's what he's hearing. Elijah retained God in his knowledge. That's why he kept checking. What happened to the word? God spoke to you. It says the word that I speak will not return to me void. He has exalted his word above his name. When God says something, he doesn't back off. So you don't let go. And even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. Where everything in the, around you is what shapes your thoughts, your mind, your thinking, your perception. That is terrible. That's a mess. That's like a dustbin. You throw everything into it. It begins to stink. It becomes compost. 
How do you do that? You let everything be deposited in your mind. Have you ever seen a dustbin that they haven't emptied in a, in a few days? Maggots, rats, cockroaches, a stench like crazy. That's why you should renew your mind. You know what that means? Garbage out. Word in. Garbage out. Prophecy in. What you don't strive to retain will eventually be lost, perhaps imperceptibly. That's my own quote. What you do not strive to retain will eventually be lost, perhaps imperceptibly, which means you may not even know you lost something. For you to say... Day and night I will stick with God. I've got a good thing going. I'm not letting go. It is because you choose to retain God in your knowledge. You choose to retain the word of God. The man of God said by this time tomorrow, if the prices will crash, somebody said even if God were to open the windows of heaven, it's not possible. He saw it. He never partook. God doesn't speak because he has looked around you know you think God is a man that okay so what are the prizes what are the chances then he speaks no God speaks everything lines up I thought somebody would clap (laughs) God speaks and everything lines up so when God speaks you are looking around and say "Mm, this is not likely to happen so you don't retain God in your understanding So that quote from me says it very simply that what you don't strive to retain, you don't retain the word of God casually. It's deliberate. Write it down. Speak it. And guess what? People that laugh, tell them, excuse me, wakapas. Hello? Me, I don't have any permanent friends. I don't have any permanent enemies. Once you are doing nonsense, please move on. When you repent, we can be locking arms together. Because my word is affected by the attitude of people around me. I want people to say amen with me. Amen means so shall it be. I don't need people... That I dissecting the word of God. I don't need people that think because I don't have a Godfather, some things cannot happen. And that's the story of a lot of people. If there's no powerful person in front of you, you think some things cannot happen. The man you are calling powerful does not even know whether he wake up tomorrow. I'm telling you, nobody that sleeps has a guarantee he wake up the next day. So how powerful can that man be? Man that you cannot even tell whether you wake up tomorrow. What you don't strive, to strive means to strain, to retain will eventually be lost, perhaps imperceptibly. The best thief is the one that is stealing from you, you don't even know he's stolen anything. And a thief comes to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. One of the ways he steals your promise is to convince you there's nothing to retain is to convince you there's nothing to hold on to. At that point in time, you are the one that traded away your blessing. Just like Esau sold his birthright, nobody stole it from him. I don't agree that it was a, it was a stealing. It was a transaction. A very foolish transaction. To retain is taken from the word echo. The, the word retain that was translated retain in English was originally the word echo, Hebrew. It means to hold on tenaciously and continually. The word retain is from the Hebrew word echo. It is to hold on tenaciously and continually. It is for you to hold on tenaciously and continually. What are you holding on to? Do you know what a lot of Christians are holding on to? Their pain. Some people guard their pain more than they guard the word of God. 
Such people never are able to forgive those that cause the pain. The strength they are using to hold on to pain is the word of God you should be holding on to. Any strength you have is limited. When you use too much of your strength for the negative, you don't have strength for the positive. So the enemy has diverted your strength to what has no profit. May God deliver us from foolishness. To hold on tenaciously requires strength. Mental strength. Emotional strength. And you know what? You're only as strong as people that surround you. Surround yourself with wise men. So even when you're shaking, say, no shaking, my brother. God said it, he will do it. And what is with people? You leave church and all your friends are unbelievers. How far are you going to get? Huh? What else are they going to say? They do everything according to their medulla oblongata. They don't see beyond the rational thinking. The Bible says they, they could not hold God in their thinking. So God gave them over to foolishness. Every time you abandon the word of God, you're likely to end in foolishness. May God deliver us in Jesus' name. Amen. To tenaciously retain something, you have to put a very high value on it. And so you will guard it very dearly. Let me give you an example of mothers and their children. Mothers, mm. I watched a video. A chicken, a viper came and wanted to take one of the chicks of a chicken. Come and see madness. Chicken mother hand the viper. No, come and see fight, oh. No, out of fear. The viper ran away. There was another one, an eagle came, wanted to say, you are who? Come and see Rakim. She would never have fought for her own life like that, oh, but it is when you take her children, you can't see madness. It's not the size of the dog. <laughs> it's the fight size inside the dog. You're stronger than you think. But many times you're using it in the wrong way. When you, when you, when you, for you to retain God in your own understanding, it's to tenaciously do so, haven't put a very high value on it, and so you guard it with your life. I wanna let me ask you a question. Joseph had a dream. That the sun, the moon, and ten stars will bow down to him. Everybody knew what that meant. What are the chances that number 11, even if four sons die, you are not going to be the alpha son? And you have that dream. When God says something, he doesn't look at the position. I tell people number 11 became number one two times over. He was never, never 11. He was number one in two places. Before God and amongst men. They said, let us kill him. Let us sell him. Let us put him there. Let's see what will become of the word that God gave him. What they did, did they stop the word of God? No. The only person that could have stopped the word of God was himself. When he got to the jail, he told the butler, I... Thank God God frustrated that transaction. Tell Pharaoh I did nothing. Let him let me go. No trial, no acquittal. Just, just go. Do you know what that means in Yoruba? Just go. Do you know, you know no future ambition? Just, just go. Go back to what? To go and beg for his job in Potiphar's house? No. No retreat, no surrender. Thank God. The Bible says the butler did not remember him for forgotten. Who scrambled the brain of the, of the butler? The day the butler reminded, he said, ah, I remember my sin today. So he didn't do it consciously. God stopped his brain. May God stop any foolish transaction we are trying to negotiate that will abort our destiny in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The man didn't remember him. He was sorry when he remembered. He said, no, I shouldn't have thought. I shouldn't have done that. The word of God came to pass. Why I know that he repented was that when the Pharaoh sent for him, he shaved and changed his clothes. His 
prove that I'm not a foolish man anymore. I want to connect with the word of God. He kind of knew that he wasn't going to wear prison clothes anymore. When he stepped out there, bye-bye to Jati Jati. Somebody this December, you're stepping out. You're never going to be called that name anymore. You're never going to belong to that class of people anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To hold on tenaciously to something, you have to put a very high value on it. You give up on something you don't value. That's why when you see a mother fight over their children, they value the children more than their own life. If you want to see a fight, go and touch somebody's baby. You will see baba madness. Well, even if you have a gun, you will see. They lose a sense of danger. They lose a sense of, they don't even see how big you are. A whole ego came. He said, not one chick you won't take. Because she values it. What do you value? They want to take your car. You want to die. Car that you can go to a car shop and buy 20 tomorrow. But they want to take your word. You submit. They want to take your promise. You submit. The Satan doesn't fight much over the word of Christians. We give it quickly. Some women, you fight over your wig. You fight over your eyelashes. You don't fight over your promise. It's a matter of value. I'm letting you know what really has value is what God said. The word of God is quick and powerful. More powerful than any sword. Quick and dangerous. They told David you're going to be king. Your brothers laughed. When he got to the, uh, the battle of Goliath, why didn't say, here comes the king? They say, you little twerp, what are you doing here? Who did you leave your... It was his brother talking to him. He, his brother was there when he was anointed king by Samuel. Listen, people don't care what any pastor says to you. People don't care. You better care about what God said. You know what he said? He turned away from him and said, what will a king give to the person who kills this fool? He was already acting like a king. By the time he started acting like a king, the king wanted to do the new king. He said, tell me, whose son are you? How can a king be asking to be introduced to you if you're acting like a fool? Like you have no promise, like you have no word. David retained the word. Even in the cave, he retained the word. When he had a chance to kill Saul, that's why he never wanted to become a criminal. I'm a king, I'm not a criminal. I would have killed him if I didn't have the word, but I know who I am. God bless Shinash for that song. I know who I am. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracles. It is a reminder. Let me read this to you. Let me show you people that do not retain the word of God, how they act. And you're not going to act like that anymore in Jesus' name. Romans 1 verse 28. The NIV says, Furthermore, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. They did not think it worth their while. You know, some people, when a prophet like me comes and I've waited on Lord and I speak... They don't think it is worthwhile. It's just church. And so by the time they get out, it is what one blog person said on Instagram that is shaping their life. They didn't think it worthwhile to retain, which means they heard, which means they had, to retain the knowledge of God. They, they gave it out freely. They abandoned it easily. And so God, who watches over his word to perform it, the word of God is Jesus. And you ignore Jesus and you expect God to be working with you. No, 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 no. At the point you do that, you dishonor the word of God. He gave them over to a depraved mind. To do what ought not to be done. You know, I've seen people abandon their word and they become a caricature. And they cannot even see that, oh, how are the mighty falling? Esther had a chance not to retain the word of God. 
When she got to the palace because she was an orphan, she wanted to settle there quietly and just be enjoying. Like a lot of us, I just go to Canada and I just be enjoying. I know I better go, I don't want any problem. Oh, everything that goes, no, 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 I'm not interested. She wanted to do that. A man like me, Mordecai, when they say, if you, oh, Esther, sorry, you're here. Not your Ernesta, you won't do that. I went to him and said, if you keep quiet here, you will perish in your father's house. And God will send help from another faith. That is the word of God. You are, you are here for a time like this. Some problem was going to happen and you are going to be there to speak for them. Now you say you want to enjoy yourself. With nothing concern you. You say you go die, your papa, everybody, and God will still deliver his people. Let me warn you, whatever God wants you to do, you don't do it. Let me tell you, he will replace you hundred times over. Nothing will shall they bury you six feet below, seven billion people at one time on the face of the earth. You're just tripping, baby. The people will go to church the next day. They'll have their party. They go on holiday. Go, go, go. Every Sunday, every Friday, go to the cemetery. You'll see people cry. After that, psh, they wash their face. Pim on Los Nightclub. They did not think it worthwhile. To retain the knowledge. Jesus says, the things I do, you will do. It says, no man lives unto himself. For this reason, the Son of God was made manifest. Everything he told, you say it doesn't matter. You just want to enjoy yourself. Which means, Jesus, I beg, I beg, carry your hala. Oh, really? 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 No man lives or dies to himself. When God saves you, it is for a purpose. Please don't let any preacher fool you that you can live your life carelessly. Bible says, for a price you were bought. You are no longer your own. The transaction was to submit your life. And then you say, you're going to do whatever you like. God gave them over to a depraved mind. They began to act like animals. They didn't even know. Baboon. A human being behaving like a baboon. Let's read on. The contemporary English version says, since these people refuse to eat, to think about God, they refuse to think about what God wants to do. He let their useless minds rule over them, and that's why they do all sorts of indecent things. Have you seen the indecent things going on now? It's as if God didn't create anything. The, the, in, in things that should be done in Bible says those that do evil in those days they do it in darkness now they do it they put round light they put video they transmit it everywhere you ask this one get papa a big game you mean that this child when they born him and eight day they did name it ah Ibaje what decision do you take and you don't ask God, what is your will? It means it really doesn't matter what you will. Me, myself, and I, now so will be drawn. When our children do that, the children that we did not create to, God just used our bodies to present them to the world. We, we treat the child does have no respect for what you think. No, 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 beggar, beggar, beggar. We feel bad, but you do that to God. Since these people refused even to think about God, he let their useless minds. I'm reading the Bible. I'm not being insulted. Rule over them. A mind that is depraved, what, where will it lead you to? Message Bible says, since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. What we call God, like now, some people I think, Pastor, you're bothering me. Please, please, just bless us. Let's go. What is bothering? When you, when you think God is bothering you or your parents are bothering you, they're trying to shape your life for better. When God leaves you to your devices, it's not a blessing. He has left you for Satan to finish you off. Because those he loves, he bothers. Parents, the children that we've given up. If when you give up on children, will you bother? No. 
You call that freedom. It's not freedom. It's a life sentence. Are you there? To tenaciously retain something, you have to put a very high value on it. And so you guard it very dearly. God loves you. When you were yet dead in your sins, the Bible says the book of life was written before the foundation of the world. The first day I read that scripture, I realized God is big. He wrote the book of life before anything happened because he knows what everybody's reaction would be. If your name is in the book of life and you think you're not blessed and you act like a fool, what a calamity. Help me tell your neighbor that you've got a good thing going on, child of God. <laughs> ah, don't let go. Don't let go. You've got a good thing going on. How many of us have a word this year? I want you to stand to your feet. How many of us have received a word from God this year? Whether it was when you were praying or you, when you came to church or you watch a program or your pastor spoke to you or when I declared the word of God for the year and it resonates with your spirit. If something tells you this is my word. Lift up your hand to God and say, Lord, I've got a good thing going Ah, once have you spoken, twice have I heard that the power to speak mysteries and to bring it to pass belongs to God. That's how they said Jesus will never rise. They killed him, rolled the stone, they put the soldiers there. When they came back, the angel said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He sat on the, on the stone and said, you cannot. No, 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 no. As God said it, it has come to pass. The brothers of Joseph that said, let us see what will become of the word of God that you're peddling. They bowed their head and he, and he said, no, 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 it's me, Joseph. You meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. And he has not changed. I bring you good news, Jesus has not changed. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. If he said it, he will bring it to pass. He doesn't need any antecedents. You don't need to say it has never happened before. He said, behold, I will do a, good, a new thing. Will you not know it? It will spring forth speedily. I lend myself to God as a vessel which he will use to show the greatness of his majesty. night I will stick with God in good times or in tough times I will stick with God I've got a good thing going says the psalmist I'm not letting go I am happy from the inside out and from the outside in because you cancelled my ticket to hell one way ticket I never would have come out of that and now hell is no longer my destination I'm a child and a citizen of the kingdom of God Jesus says I'm going to prepare a place for you because even this earth I'm going to burn it down there will be no stone on top of each other and I'm going to prepare a place for you and when I'm done I will come back and receive you to myself I will escort you there lift up your hands to God thank him with all your hearts my, life, my name is written in the book of life Bible says he has inscribed us on the palm of his hand. His eyes forever beholding us. He has assigned his angels to accompany us wherever we go because he cares so much for us. He said, don't let anything happen to that child. Even when you're, he's doing the wrong thing, just bring him back home because I have hope in that child. I've spoken a word over his life. Day and night, I will stick with God. Even when the year is running to an end, I will stick with the word of God. Because if he created the world in only six days, he needs only six seconds to turn things around. Worship him from the depths of your heart. Give him thanks. Oh. The devil is a liar. Your situation is a liar. It's not your destination. It's just a place you're passing through. David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I don't stay there. I don't die there. I walk through the valley of the shadow. I fear no evil, for thou art with me. The word of God accompanies us. 
brings us through that season. The word, it says the rod and thy staff, talking about the word of God, will comfort me. Somebody, if things are difficult, let the word of God that I'm speaking comfort you because it's going to bring you through that season and you will sit at the banquet table. Bible says, sits before me a banquet table, seven course meal in the sight of my enemies that said I will never make it. He anoints my head with oil. Ah, he restores my soul. Goodness and mercy. Tob and I said, prosperity and favor, that's what it means. Accompany me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. Lift up your hand, just wave your hands to him. I'm just grateful for everybody that is hearing me today, provoking you unto righteousness, retaining the knowledge of God, the Son of God. He says, of things in the heavens, of things of the earth, of things under the earth, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that none like him. And he's the one that makes intercession for us. He's the one that calls us his friends. He's the one that calls us his brothers. The devil is a liar. My situation does not define me. Ah, just what I'm going through will never stop me. I am on a journey unto victory. I'm, I, am a, I, am, I am a winner in the making. The word of God is working with me. Angels of God are on assignment concerning my life. That's why we're rejoicing on Sunday. That's why part two is going to be this Sunday. Retain the knowledge of God in your understanding. Retain, superimpose the word of God upon your situation. Super, listen, even if a loved one is lost, speak life. God is able. Father, we worship you. You are the faithful God. You are the one that never apologizes for what he promised. You have so much power, you don't even need to get off your throne. When you want to do something, you send forth your word and your word accomplishes it. You are the ruler of the universe. They used to call it the universe, but common sense has shown them that there's nothing like universe, multiverses. So big, it cannot be measured. Bible says he called the stars by name. In my generation, I will lift up the name of the Lord. I will let no idol stand before me. Let God be true and every situation a lie. The God that promised happy outcomes, he's going to bring it to pass. God may seem to be slow, but he's never late. God may seem to be slow by our reasoning, but he's never late. He's always on time. We've got a good thing going. We're not letting go of our faith. We're not letting go of our worship. We're not letting go of our thanks. This Sunday, we're going to dance. This Sunday, we're going to shout. Let them say whatever they want to say. They will not die. They will stay. We are alive to see the manifestation of the goodness of God in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. your enemies. Bible said bless your enemies. Why? David says my cup runneth over. It means God who never wastes anything. When he fed 5,000 he collected the fragments, counted the number of baskets. So if my cup runneth over and God does not waste goodness and is running over, it is who is going to collect it? It is those that said it cannot be. It is those that did not agree. It is those that called me names that will collect what is running over when my cup begins to run over. They will not die. They will be collecting the remnant in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Lift up your hand to God. Say, I bless you from the depth of my heart. I revive the word of God. I revive my prophecy. I retain it. I, I speak as I behold. I always set the Lord before me. As I see the greatness of who spoke the word, my heart is lifted up. The day will reveal what God has said will come to pass. Thank you, our Father. We worship you. I feel an anointing. I feel, I feel God hastening to perform his word. I see God setting things in back in motion. Where well, any go slow that was on the way, God are putting the go slow so that the blessing moves at the speed of light. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for somebody, Father. For someone here who's facing a situation that you've never seen it resolved before, let this be said. I beheld a new thing that's never happened in my family before, in my village. In my, no, no, it's never happened before. You will be the first of the kind in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that it will be for a sign of the greatness of God in that family. So shall it be. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody help me celebrate the Lord. The Lord who speaks the word, an ever-living word. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You've got a good thing. Help me give your neighbor a high five. You've got a good thing going. The devil is a liar. Your situation is a liar. Don't let go. Don't let go. You're a miracle about to, uh, about to explode. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. I want to thank those of you online. We're giving you a high five in the spirit. You know, you also don't let go. You've got a good thing going. As long as you got Jesus, you got the word of God. He watches over his word to perform it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.